This is Ryan. Hey, this is Wayne. And this is Kill the Rabbit Podcast. I, uh, let me adjust my thing. Um, Excuse me. This week, <laughs> my microphone. This week has been good. I guess. I did some Realm stuff. I'm still converting to that new library in Python 3.6. So it's still just kind of a, like, small nuances in the language that are different that they've changed from 2 to 3. Like, how you do exception handling, it'll be like, no, you can't do it like that, it doesn't work like that, like, modifying all that. So, when that is done, I I think I said this last week, but I just didn't realize how complicated it was, or how much I had done on the other one. So I'm glad I'm converting it now, as opposed to later, because later it would be a nightmare. Just porting it all over, and then, um, and then testing it, and then... So, it's been going okay. I've worked on it a few times. Uh, work's going good. We're in transition. We have the teams going down smaller for the time being, and then it'll get bigger in April, or in May. And so, just managing everything. It's just hard to manage um, what needs to be done. Like, I'll be tasked with something, or think that I have to accomplish something in a certain way, it can be frustrating because it changes on a daily basis. Like, today I left, and then, well, we're going to do this. It's like, well, what about all this other stuff? Like, constant being able to, like, pick things up and just, like, drop them really quick is a skill that I didn't think would be necessary as much later on in life, but it really is. So yeah, like, well, some people just need to be focused, like, uh, for me, I mean... You're talking about your technology with your personal project as well as your work. I'm just trying to figure out my new cell phone. Um, I, <laughs> I told your mom, I said, you know, I probably should spend the weekend just reading the book on this thing because, you know, um, I don't know if anybody identifies with that, but the, the, the movement of technology has gotten to a point where it's just really um, a struggle to try to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'm getting it, although she gripes, your mom gripes at me because I'm, you know, she'll call and there'll be this silence on the other end while I'm trying to figure, was that the mute button I just hit? I don't know. Yeah, you can hit it easily, especially on the iPhone. The iPhone is a little bit like that. It can be problematic. So anyway, um. But it's good. It's better than the ones you've had. You'll like it. It's got a little bit more ergonometrics. It's more ergonomic to how you intuitively think something should work rather than Android is kind of, you wouldn't necessarily know that the back button is something that works in every application. Whereas in the iPhone, those buttons aren't on the device. They're actually on the screen. So you see like the back arrow. So those kinds of things are slightly different, but maybe better. Yeah, we'll see. But, I mean, it's been slow a little bit for myself, just trying to get, all of it is because of this transition of this team and us going down to a smaller team, so I've had to concentrate more on getting to work and debriefing everyone with everyone to see, because I am now responsible for all of it, so it makes it a little... So you're no, your company's not going to be using subcontractors anymore? No, we use subcontractors, just not specific vendors. So, like, the vendors that will come in to support a product that we buy, 
the uh, how we're doing it is going to be different going in the future instead of just piecemeal help we will contract um, with an agency or with the company themselves and request a full engineering team so instead of just hey that guy's an engineer and he's an engineer let's bring them both in and have them get acquainted we'll say hey we need an engineering implementation team with a full stack that's how it is on the other side with the other vendor is that they have a business analyst they have a couple developers they have UI UX developer they have a project manager and then they have a um, a technical something or other so it was like 12 of them so but they encompass and it, on the uh, the sticker shock is like oh my gosh that's really expensive whereas the good thing is that they give you a turnkey solution right they're in charge of start to finish it's not I'm gonna fix your car I'm gonna change everything on the thing except these last couple parts and then you do that yourself that's kinda of what we're getting with the other vendor not on purpose it's just that their professional services agreements are or their professional services service line is not as mature as the other for enterprise offerings if that makes sense it's just kind of like we it was more out of it was, that for that specific vendor it was born out of a necessity with enterprise clients okay like hey we need help with this because this is complicated whereas you would normally um they were primarily focused on targeting startup communities with a really strong engineering staff that understood concepts and just could google and they're good but you can't go to like you know ibm or the government and give them a new piece of technology and say, here you go, here, use this. And it's a total paradigm shift in everything they've ever learned and expect them to be able to be a high-functioning person on the team. Sure. Okay, I got it. So I have to debrief on all those things and also act as the technical liaison between management and myself, which is funny because certain teams will tell certain management people certain things and they'll tell me, and I'll be like, wow, that that seems way further along than they should be, by my estimation. That's my professional estimation, given that I've worked in software for so long. I'll go talk to that team, and I'll say, hey, is ABC true? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, okay, let me ask it more specifically. Is this, this, this doing this exact thing? Well, not exactly. And it's like, okay, you have to understand that those management types or those upper level people, they don't understand the technicalities. You know what I'm saying? Like I give you the car, but it's out, it's registration. They have out. certain milestones in the process. And you, frankly, you tell me, are you at this milestone? Mm-hmm. Rather than all the intricacies of getting there and exactly. all that kind of stuff. Like, I give you my car and it has expired registration. You don't check the registration. Can you drive the car? Yes, you can. Can you legally drive the car? No. So it's those types of nuances of technology that they kind of get away with because of the knowledge gap. But when I go in and say, dude, you like they're building timelines based on what you're saying. And if what you're saying is not really true, then you're going to get in trouble. There was a company called Theranos, and Theranos is a startup out of Silicon Valley that was supposed to revolutionize uh, blood work. So, you know, you do blood work, and it takes a couple days for them to run it through the lab. 
Theranos was saying, and I'm botching this, but just to give you an idea, Theranos was saying, don't worry, you come in, we'll you self-administer this thing, and it, it's so fast, it, oh, you're, you have tuberculosis, and or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So they made it sound just that, oh my gosh, it's going to revolutionize everything. So CVS got a contract, they engaged in a contract with like CVS, Walgreens, and all these people. Well, <laughs> what happened was is that it was more of that conversation of like it's done right oh yeah it it uh it 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 is it is doing well <laughs> so it's done well on its way <laughs> yeah well you know more or less and they took it and at times it's management's fault right for just kind of hearing what they want to hear mm-hmm. instead of asking the questions they need to ask so theranos got in deep water and all of a sudden cvs and walgreens are pulling contracts because the researchers went in and said, no, 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 this is not how this works. So you're writing checks that you can't cash. So now they are going, and they were like, it was run by this girl that was in her 20s, which was like charted to be a billionaire and like this amazing person, this genius. But when I had first read the articles, I was like, well, blood work's been around for a really long time. It seems like, you know, this type of revolution would not be able to happen without tons and tons of regulatory things. Mm-hmm. So that's an example in real life of like you really can't capture chickens before they hatch, and you really have to. And I've all I'm horrible at that as a developer. I'll always be like, yeah, pretty much. How long does it take? It's always a day. That's never true. So now I always pat it. I'm like a week. So because you never know what's going to happen. Sure. Like, if you're only working on this one thing, if I tell you, when is your book going to be done? If you're estimating, if you're only doing your book 10 hours a day, three months, four months. But you're not. You go to work, you eat, you work out. So you only have that 30 minutes multiplied by seven for the week. That's the time you have. So learning to estimate those types of of tasks and things like that to report them is an art form, not even a skill. I would say it's like making a painting. And I, and I guess like you're saying, some people who, you know, exaggerate a little bit, probably tell themselves in a wishful thinking kind of way. Well, I, I think I can really motivate myself if I just make this promise or tell people this, or it'll encourage me to to work harder on it so that I will Mm -hmm. really maybe get it done by then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Whatever. Well, and like the, the PM, I'll ask, uh, when is this done? Oh, it's done by this date. Completely. Yes. Okay. Come back two weeks later. When is it going to be done? Parts of it will be done by this date. That's the same one you told me before. I know. Well, just tell me you don't know. Or tell me you're not sure. Or tell me, well, I don't know when it's going to be done. Like, just, I, I'm better with that than saying definitively this t- this day. Yeah, maybe you could ask him next time just say, hey, look, when I'm asking you these kind of questions, are you feeling pressured to give me an exact... Because uh, mm-hmm. if you are, you better be giving me something that you honestly believe in. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't... I've learned that lesson when someone asks me how long something's going to take. If it's something that I've never done, I will give them a guesstimation on how long it will take me to know how long it will take me. <laughs> Because I don't know. I don't that's, know any of it. That's actually pretty smart. 
So you you only learn that with time, I think. I think when you're young, you you know you can do everything, and you'll kill yourself trying to do it. When no one's asking you to kill yourself, just give me an idea. So and learning to do that with yourself is, you know, with realm stuff, it's been kind of a journey of that's why I have those reminders in the morning and at night because not every morning I can do it not every night I can do it and it's funny we recently have been um, we're trying to do more things besides watch TV so like in this day and age it's very easy to just watch TV all the time we're just like I'm relaxing and watch TV and so we started we we got these like a we have a puzzle on the table that's like 2,000 pieces, right? It's just this monstrosity. And we're slowly, that way, you know, we walk up to it and you like work a little bit on it until you, because you can only work on it so long before you go crazy. But that's kind of what, so she'll do it, some, I'll do it sometimes, we'll both do it sometimes. It's just kind of a thing to, it's very, it's tactile and it, and it like requires you to think, but not too much. So it's kind of an interesting it's weird because in the past you would have said, "Oh gosh, I can't wait until I buy that TV and I can finally relax." I, I'm tired of like picking up sticks and swinging in the swing outside, and now we're like gravitating towards those types of activities sure. to relax. That's good, and it's good to change things up after a while too, because some people get in such a a rut of doing the very same things, but whether it's what they eat at meals or what they do at night, you know, some people have their TV programs that. I gotta watch those, and and you listen to the the long list of them. And you're thinking, do you do anything other than watch mm-hmm. these programs? Because I know that that's gotta take up a whole bunch of time. Well, and it's really funny because I'm watching um, I'm watching 24 Legacy, and I'm watching oh, what's the other one? Designated Survivor. And it's really funny because in both in both shows, now I think this is only because I was watching the I was watching more of Designated Survivor, so I was further along, and Twenty Four, and they're both Kiefer Sutherland. So so Kiefer Sutherland is an executive producer on Twenty Four Legacy. He's a, he's the actor on Designated Survivor. In both shows, terrorists are blowing up the, a bridge. I thought it was both the Golden Gate Bridge, but it's not. So they did have some different. The one's the Washington Bridge, the other one's the Golden Gate Bridge, and they saw. But the way they showed the schematics of the bridge, like blowing up, and I was like, "Man, this is <laughs> both shows." In both shows, they're blowing up like the same like bridge, but you just. I mean, I don't know. I think that's more of a give that you give the people what you want, but I don't know. It was just a. I digress. It was funny. So I was like, ha they're both. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just going and doing better at trying to manage the fires at work. Um, and getting into, I think the realm thing is like getting into like, what do I, you know, like to do? Or taking more time with things. Or, you know, buying the thing that's a little more expensive because you like it. Or because, you know you only live once like you you're so you I'm so used to buying like this certain type of thing that I like on shampoo I always go for the cheapest of the cheap so this time I was like well you know I kind of like this like the tea tree stuff it's a little more expensive it's only like four dollars more but you learn to like just to like move spice things up a little bit so yeah yep I hear you 
But other than that, not not a whole lot. Well, I had an interesting week um, from the last time we talked. And, you know, it was confession time last week. And that was okay. Um, I, yeah, I gave you the kind of a picture, mental picture of, of it takes some people more to get them moving along than others. Um, and we're all motivated differently. Some people are can motivate themselves easily. Mm-hmm. Others uh, seem to be unable to motivate themselves and need someone to motivate them. And a lot of times those are the kind of employees that they, that the managers hate because they always have to browbeat them to get them to come to work on time, do what I told you to do, and can't seem to think for themselves. Um, don't take charge of their own careers. They're just kind of letting somebody else lead them along. My motivation problem, um, and, and uh, one thing I'll say, I don't think we any of us really know the depths of how we work inside. And so life is a journey of understanding yourself and learning the things that are important to you. Uh, one of the important things, like we're talking about right now, is me understanding what motivates me, what doesn't motivate me. Um, looking at some of the traps that I allow myself to get into, like you were just talking about <clears throat> changing up things. Mm-hmm. because, and, and I need to do that frequently just because I go to sleep at the wheel. You know, I'll end up eating the same stuff every morning for breakfast. I'll end up yeah. doing the same routine every day. And and uh, the problem with that is, of course, you, you do go to sleep at the wheel and you don't analyze why am I doing this mm-hmm. or you know th- this ought to be really important based on the amount of time I'm spending doing it yeah. and you don't really think about how you're using your time so one of the good things that's happened from us just doing this is I've had to sit back and rethink some of the things that I allow my time to be taken up with um and of course, one of the mo- the irritations for me is is that I've allowed myself to be motivated. Um, uh, probably taking a little too long to motivate myself on some things, or allowing others to motivate me. And what happens? And I've seen this happen in my life too, where uh, opportunities pass you by, mm-hmm. uh, things don't get done in a timely fashion. And because you weren't decisive enough. Mm-hmm. So you didn't get the best seats at the rodeo uh, performance because you waited too long to get your tickets. Or you waited too long to plan your vacation. So now some of the other employees got the pick of the crop and you just have to take it when you can get it. Mm-hmm. You know, And on and on. You can think of all kinds of examples that coming late to the game can, can cost you because you don't make a concerted effort to be proactive in making decisions in a timely way. And I haven't really done a great job of that. I'm trying to do a lot better with doing that kind of thing. Well, in the thing, like like a lot of things in your life, like a trend of like things devolving to the point where nothing really has urgency or priority. Well, yeah. And, and uh, I had to ask myself the question one day uh, because this came up with this writing thing. Uh, one of the writers uh, who's written an article that I've been reading, and he's asking, you know, well, you want to write about things that you're passionate about, and so you have to think about 
what am I passionate about? Mm-hmm. And I know people who don't know what they're passionate about. I know a lot of people. And I've been there. And I know a lot of people that are confused with what am I passionate about or what am I good at? Or what do people, furthermore, what do people tell me, like what do people praise me about that I'm good at? Right. And and, and in the context of the writing thing, the guy was asking some valid questions. Um, He was saying, you know, asking how would you describe yourself if you used adjectives? What kind of person are you? Um, and do you write the way you talk mm-hmm. on an everyday basis? Um, and I had to, I had to say, there's been a lot of times I've written something because I've seen things written that way. Mm-hmm. So I came off sounding good maybe, but that's because you've read that somewhere else in somebody else's book. And I, I didn't stop to think about, you know, some of the writers that I've enjoyed reading, I've enjoyed it because you could feel the personality coming through mm-hmm. of this person. They weren't trying to be somebody else. You could tell that they were just feeling very free with the way they were communicating. And even though, you know, sentence structure is that not there, it's not the accepted protocol for doing things. Yes. Who gives a flip? That's them. And, and that's the way you ought to be doing it too. And one of the things this guy uh, encouraged me to do was picture in your mind the person who's going to be reading your stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, down to hair color and personality type and age and sex and everything else. And I thought, wow, that's an interesting concept. You're being yourself. You're talking like you talk. And you're talking to somebody. And not just you know, giving this description, this profile of the person you're writing to, but this is a person who would be interested in what you have to say. Yes. Uh, the guy's name that, that wrote this, his name is Jeff Goins, and he's got some very interesting points because he was talking about, you know, you have to build your tribe, the people mm-hmm. who would be following you. They need to be people who would be interested in what you have to say. Because... Mm-hmm. And, and you need to target them, market to them. And that's why when you're writing, you're writing to a person who would be the type of person who would have a great interest. And you might even think of somebody in real life who seems to like what you talk about and write about and everything else. Well, and people are going to like things. They're going to like things about it that you didn't think of. Right. Well, and then software, what you're talking about is product market fit. So when you build a product, but in, engineers hate this part of it, but you, you're right. You have to find your tribe. You have to market to the, the product has to fit the market. Otherwise, no one's going to buy it. Like you can't, you know, uh, for people that are on welfare, you can't sell them a $1,000 phone because they're poor. No, because their priorities are different. Their priorities most likely are not. Yeah, let me buy a $1,000 phone. It's you know, how do I get off food stamps? So that product market, that market doesn't fit the product. But if I offered a phone that's that's cheaper and you pay as you go or whatever, it'll offer some type of incentive for them to do it. Right. Then they they will do it. And there there are other markets that the I, I mean the iPhone is a great example of that because it's a, it's an expensive phone, mm-hmm. and since you just bought one after having two or three others, you start to value the dependability of the device right. and the longevity of the device, not that it's just going to crap out and 
a year. So those types of things, you know, sometimes can only be acquired through experiences of the market as they go through them. You know, like an amputee, well, their experience has dictated that they will be interested in certain products based on whatever circumstantials have happened in their life. Right. But but thinking about those kinds of things, like with the realm, right? The realm, you know, applying the realm to just home automation is a horrible idea. Uh, number one, the market of people getting in home automation, most of them are DIY people, which means they're cheap, they do it themselves, and they will spend more money on doing it themselves than buying your device because they want to say, I did it myself. And it's like, it sucks. Doesn't matter. I did it on my own. Okay. That's not your market, right? right? But your market refining it, like we've talked about this, elderly people living in their homes or living in homes that kids care about, right? Like your mom was in a home. Prior to that, she was in an apartment. It would have been nice to know if her AC was at 55 degrees, that would probably mean that something was probably wrong. Or you right. want to log into a camera and check up on her. You want her to exercise her independence, which is a necessity from that market. She seemed to be stuttering a lot over Skype, and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. Her teeth were chattering so hard. <laughs> but one thing, one thing I will say, you know, on what you were talking about right there, I want us to stay away from the dollar value of what I'm doing. Uh, and focus initially on things that I really find an interest in. Mm -hmm. It's interesting on that too, because I mean, if you're if you're ultimately doing it because you'd like to make an extra buck, I understand that. I I, I do want to do that. At the same time, I've thought about different things that you know, because the question was asked, well, what do you what do you find yourself gravitating towards with conversation or when you walk into a bookstore, what section of the bookstore do you go to when you mm -hmm. sit down in front of the computer and you find yourself on YouTube? What, what are the kinds of things that you like to look at on YouTube and things like that? Um, because I say a lot about what your interests are and some things I could make more money at, but I have absolutely no interest in and, and want to stay away from those kinds of things. Because if you're going to do something f over a long period of time, you have to be at home with it. Yep. And uh, so I had, th I'm thinking through that a little bit more because there's two things I'm looking at now. This I'm looking at the book, and and I'm rethinking my strategy on the book because one of the things, and this is an, an interesting um, parallel here. I have a hard time looking at anything over the long haul. If you tell me, you know, you've heard the thing, uh, a, a journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. And mm -hmm. that's, that sounds, you know, incredibly wise and all that. However, uh, I would never start the journey of a thousand miles, even with one step, because I'd be continually looking at the, my gosh, you got to be, you got to be seriously insane to even think about going a thousand mile journey. I couldn't get my mind off of that to look down to say, well, why don't you just take one step and just keep taking mm -hmm. a step? That's not me. I have to look at short spurts. I have to look at short-term goals. So like when your mom says, we got to work on the budget because you like spending money way too much. And I say, yes, I do. Yes, I do. I can be in charge of spending the money and you can be in charge of figuring out how to make it and save it. Um, so the other day we were talking about the budget again and I said, I tell you what, 
okay I'm gonna get on board with you on the budget but here's my deal um, I, I don't want to focus on the long term of paying off this huge bill I want to look at what can I do to make a reasonably small sum of money a thousand two thousand dollars whatever it is to pay off a few bills here a few bills there maybe put away some money for vacation or Christmas whatever those are short-term goals I can go for because I can see the end and I can go for that and they help us in the long run but don't talk to me about that long-term goal because mm -hmm. that's never been my game I've never been a long-distance runner I'm sorry yeah. it just it doesn't go for me I'm the sprint guy and so even though I use T-Mobile but mm -hmm. I can do this in that way but knowing that about myself and then coming back to this whole concept of writing a novel the novel is the thousand mile journey I have to figure a way to do it in in short spurts here and only and only there and not allow myself to get caught up in all the stuff that bogs me down in it um, and so that 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 was an interesting perspective on it and I've kind of heard people talk about that you know where they'd say well just focus on a certain part of the book mm -hmm. and then my next door neighbor said well his take was a little different he says you should probably kind of have an idea from start to finish what you're going to do even though it's an extremely rough form yeah you should have some idea I can appreciate that but I've struggled with that well and I think every writer probably does it differently yeah so, I mean, that's just kind of finding, so, like, it's the same for me, right? Like, when I did this interview and they want to do a big annotation and blah, 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 it doesn't interest me. I don't care. I'm going to learn it because I think it's good to, to know what the right answer is, and I think it's good to know how to draw a circle, but sometimes I want to do my own thing, and sometimes you have to find the avenue of creative expression to express what you can do and only you can do. So it, it's a balance between, you know, you can't go completely crazy. It has to some have some rhyme or reason to it. But also, there has to be some of it of you in there as well. And I think that's that's the balance that's difficult right. um, to do. And that's why, you know, the thing with the realm where I decided oh, I'm going to port the code. Why? Because I want to and it's mine and knowing is going to tell me otherwise because I do it myself. But coming to that realization instead of, you know, realizing that the book is yours only and no one can say anything about it. If people don't like it and you're proud of it, then who Doesn't cares? That, no, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's 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 got to be expre an expression of you. And, and when you stop to think about it, if you're, if you're still trying to conform yourself to what you believe to be acceptable in the eyes of the world or some other person uh, you're trying to adhere to some kind of standard that you feel that you need to even though your heart's not in it you've kind of sold a part of yourself you've really kind of denied what you bring to this life mm -hmm. you know you've been given uh, so many things that come together into your personality your makeup and everything that is really you and um, being able to freely express that without having all these, you know, constrictions based on what you think others think or don't think. or And I here's the thing, though. I, I don't want to belittle the fact that I think a lot of us do struggle with 
we say we don't care what other people think, but we do. Yeah. And um, that's hard. That's hard to get beyond that and just say, well, I don't care what you think. Well, yeah, you do. Come on. You do care. You care too much. Yes. Uh, but there's got to be a better way of getting around that than just denying it outright that you yeah. just don't care what other people think. You know? So anyway, that's that's where I'm at. I'm on. Um, uh, it's been a busy week. I've had a lot of things going on, but I, I still feel like I'm making some progress in my thinking about this because I think my um, just kind of clarifying how I want to go about the book and um, and then actively making a time i'll be honest with you i i'm struggling with trying to figure a time because i think i should probably try to write a little bit every day and uh i guess i really need to work on defining when that would be if i was going to do that because it's got to be a time that would be easy for me to, to do that well and you have to what i've done is you have to get over your difficulty with significance so mm-hmm. well it's got to be a significant amount of time it's never going to be a significant amount of time i promise you ever your diet is never going to be like oh, i just want to eat kale all day you're never going to eat kale all day <laughs> eat it once right i eat it in the shake in the morning why because i blend it up and i gulp it down does it matter how it got there no it doesn't because it went in that's all that matters right yeah. i hate kale and all that stuff what i've done now with the realm is just just open it and start porting stuff. It doesn't matter. You get one line before the meeting. Sure. Great. No longer is that a thing, but you did it. So like maybe like you're saying short spurts, right? As goals, we do the podcast every week. Maybe. So my goal would be port all code that I have right now in three, in, in two, seven to 3.6. That will be my goal. That's short term until we meet next Thursday. Okay. That's something that I can probably, I can do that. Oh, I, I will, I will start looking at shorter, shorter periods of time. Cause I, I, some, sometimes will end up being longer because I have the luxury of doing that, mm-hmm. but to not do it because I don't have enough time. Yeah. To, or to, to realize it. the longer is not the rule. Yeah. It doesn't really okay. work like that. And also, on your Word document, those aren't representative of pages in a book. It's probably like a page and a half or two pages. Yeah. Like a full, single-spaced. You're probably writing a lot more pages than you think you are. Yeah, that's true. Especially if you make the book really small. Yeah. (laughs) You know, know, a thousand pages. But I'll do that. I'll port everything, um, and then I can add the new stuff after that. That's something that I can do in the timetable that I have, which, let's be honest, it's the only timetable that I have. Mm-hmm. Unless I quit my job and tell my wife that I'm going to do this thing full-time and magically money will come. So, and like I said, that 30 minutes every day that I have, that's the only time that I have. Right. So I have three and a half hours. Right. Wait, is that third? Yeah, three and a half hours. That's it. That's all the time I have mm. in the week. So there's more there, but like like you were saying, that's not the norm. Right. So do you have any goals that you would like? I saw you skirted that a little bit because you didn't want to say anything. <laughs> do you have any goals? Because I went out on the limb. Yeah. It could be anything. You define the parameters okay. yourself. Okay. 
you just, you could say I'm going to try to, but I mean, you can't try. It has to be definitive. Like I'm going to write three pages or whatever. How about time-wise? Because I'm not sure on the pages. Is or that, however you really judge a, it. Collectively. If I was I'm to say I'm going to write 15 minutes a day. Let's do this. Not 15 minutes a day. Let's say the total time. Right? So what's 7 times 15? So it's 15. Four of those is an hour. So you got three more. I'm going to write for an hour and 45 minutes total for the week. That way, if you hit one day at 40 minutes, but then another day you only hit five, you know what I'm saying? Does that help you? Okay. Or is it better to do 15 well, a day? Okay, me, I don't know how you work. Let me try that. Okay. So then we'll see if we... <laughs> see if... Okay. How things went down. Yes. So that's it for me. Charge up that hill. Okay. Bye. See ya.